Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. This is Chatting with Nat. Yes, it's Natalie Dean. It's Natalie Shaw. And today we have the honor of having award-winning author, multi-genre, singer-songwriter, producer, Catherine Cloward. Catherine Cloward. Known to her youngest fans as Catherine the Great, is an award-winning author, multi-genre singer-songwriter, and media producer who's garnered national recognition for her purposeful books and songs. She's written and published 30 books, released over 100 songs, writes and produces for others, is a contributing editor for Guitar Girl magazine, and mentors women in business. With a heart for elevating purposeful causes, Catherine's written impact songs for children braving cancer, rare disease, awareness, and refugee youth programs. Let's give her a round of applause. Hi, Catherine. <laughs> Hi. How are that was fun. I like the little round of applause. That, was, that made me giggle. <laughs> well, you know, we just had to give you that. Um, my little hands are not going to do you justice, basically. So I had to have that applause factor. Um, so uh, how has life been treating you? How has life been treating you in a pandemic? That's the question. <laughs> well, let's encapsulate. Oh, my gosh. You know, um, I think what's so great about people who, like, the creative world is we're, we, we're scrappy too, you know, like, yeah. we can yeah. just like, all right, just, just <laughs> on a dime, like, because all of us, everybody who was doing, you know, whether it was in person, everybody, like our calendar is just completely cleared, remember, in March, it was like, ah! and uh, albums were stalled, and projects were just stalled, and it was just like, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to get our results that we need, right. and, uh, and we figured it out, you know, and uh, I think a lot of those solutions that many of us came up with during that time are sticking, like, you know, yeah. that we're going to be able to continue using those, you know, those solutions, which I'm, I'm excited about. Amen to that. Did you do any live streaming? Um, I did in the very beginning uh, a little bit, but I actually did not take advantage of that. You know what I did, Natalie? I was like a writing, I wrote. So much during the pandemic. I, I wrote an incredible amount of media during the pandemic. And what it allowed me to do, and it also allowed me to reset. And I think this might be true for a lot of people, um, regardless right. of the industry they're in. But I found myself on a treadmill that I kind of can't get off. That's usually like this <laughs> empty place for me to get. And I, I was finding myself on this treadmill that I was like, this isn't necessarily working for, for me with the, where I'm wanting to go. So what the pandemic right. allowed me to do was to go, all right, everything stopped. 
And then I was able to say, what is, you know, sit with myself and see what is it that I really, really enjoy doing? What's going to be my forward when everything opens up and whatnot? And so some of the things, the writing, the, the writing that I needed to do and wanted to do, it had the space to cultivate and grow and without, you know, time hindrances that I would normally have if I had to run out to, you know, to shows and school right. events and engagements and different things. And so in this vast amount of space, I got very clear about kind of like a reaffirming for myself what my true passions and purpose are. And um, I just, I wrote like crazy. I love that. <laughs> I, I feel you. I mean, in the beginning of the pandemic, I, I couldn't write anything. I was just like, what is going on in the world? I'd lay, lay awake and say, are we truly here? Um, and then yeah, it wasn't until this year that I started uh, to do a lot more and people were contacting me to do stuff. So I, I truly understand that. Um, you talk about self-reflection. That's always the sec- second question that I have. You know, I know a lot of people, um, colleagues, friends, whatever, or like they decided to cut back on work because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their children. People have decided to quit their jobs because they realized, you know, my life is really short. I need to do something that I really love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have climate change. I mean, the animals were like, oh, my God, we can breathe. Nobody's out here during this time. And <laughs> their nature was like, yeah, let's get the party on. Um, so the pandemic has been, uh, it has been good and bad. There's been a lot of tragedy during this time, but there's been a lot of good because I think it uh, really allowed people to really, to really self-reflect. And you talked about a, a bunch of things there, but did you reevaluate how you want to be perceived as an artist? You know, did you want to, do you want to do more? Do you want to diverge into some, I know you're multi yeah. Do you want to diverge into other yeah. genres that you haven't done? You know, did you think about that? Yeah. Well, that's a great question, actually. You know, I do live in, like, the self-reflective space, like, all the time. <laughs> but I think that's an interesting, that's an interesting, you know, question about perception. And mm-hmm. um, I had spent, there had been a few years there where I had spent a lot of my time outperforming, right? Like, I was performing a lot. I was, you know, a lot of events, a lot of that. And, and what... What um, and tapering that down and doing less, more, but bigger, like more impact, that matters to me. And so um, there was a readjustment there. But as far as like, I, I I'm very clear that I don't need to pick a lane. Like I I'm my creative mind firing on all cylinders. And so when I the work I do with children and families with Catherine the Grape, that mm. activates a re, the joyful. Um, introspective inner child of me, right? Like I just had this sold out concert a few weeks ago, um, which is so fun because it was like my first real big concert back after, after the pandemic and it sold out and it was full tilt. And it was the kind of the start of my new Catherine the Grape show where I'm singing and dancing, like with, I'm not relying on my guitar anymore. I'm out with the kids and, um, and it was, fun but also I've just like really untethered myself so that aspect of me gets activated in the children and the work that I do with children and that all comes out of me because of the work that I do in um, like deeper space as a woman that comes out in my Catherine Cloward music and the other projects that I work with as other artists to help draw that out of them 
that is very real and apparent for who I am as a human being, right? So, like, I, I live, you asked about some of the challenges. Like, I lived some real challenges during the pandemic, like, on, a, on some crazy levels of, um, of real self-proclamation of saying, this is not how it's going to be anymore, you know? And exactly. as far as, like, and not talking even professional, just, like, this is not the pattern. This pattern is done. I'm wiping this pattern out of my life. And so out of that transformation, realignment for myself, I wrote an inc- like a whole new album of Catherine Cloward songs that I'm going to start putting out. And I wrote a book, you know, I wrote a book for a really important, impactful man here in San Diego called Father Joe. And so I was able to activate the real storytelling humanity of like my adult world and other people's <laughs> storytelling. And that I think that that's why I'm sharing all of that is because I don't think we all have to, we don't have to pick a lane. You know, I think sometimes people want like, especially big execs are like, this is, this is who you are. This is how we're going to define you. And I completely rebel against that. Like, I'm like, I'm not going to be pigeonholed in. I'm not going to be boxed in or boxed out. I love that because, you know, when you're a versatile artist, like the both of us are, you know, multi-genre, um, people tend to, no, 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 but what genre do you do? Well, I'm an artist, I create. No, 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 but what genre do you do? And after a while, you're just like, dude, or dudette or whoever, you say, um, <laughs> I'm an artist, I just love music, and I create. Um, and, I mean, right now, my focus is basically Americana because it, it encompasses a bunch of other genres. So I love that, and I love mm-hmm. it. It sure does effect of things um but I, I agree with you i don't like when people try to pigeonhole you and in and, and the music world they tend to love you if you're just like in that one genre and they want you to do be so good at or try to change you um i think if you're great at one genre and that's what you want to do that's fantastic but when you're versatile um you can get your music involved in so many different projects you have more you have a variety of things that you can do um, because different films, different videos, different commercials need, need different types of music. And so you open yourself up to more opportunities when you're a- able to do all the things that we, we, we do. And, you know, and, and with the music, yeah. in the, um, we're not making the money uh, getting the music streaming. So when you're gigging and you're touring and you're selling merch and sync and licensing, that's where it is. You know, and it's a yeah. lot of work. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to be creative to be creative. I mean, the industry, that's the one thing that's, that's true and real and is never going to change is that change is always happening. <laughs> like, one yes. statement is you constant. there's change is constant, and you have to be willing and ready and actually anticipate change yes. in order to adapt. And, exactly. um, and, you know, I was literally just telling my son, I was out to dinner with my son and his friend last night, actually. And I was saying, uh, I was saying, oh my gosh, you guys, I, when I, and I was, you know, you said something about like starting my career. Like we didn't have cell phones. We didn't all have computers. <laughs> I mean, it sounded like, I mean, I sounded like it was like the dark ages, you know, and my son was like, I know mom, you've told me this before. You know, but I was like, but my point was telling them that is that I had to learn new tech. I had to learn new ways. I had to learn new ways and adapt. And so now, like people who are, I mean, the younger generation, they are so, um, like I got on TikTok last year, this young woman who was interning for me last summer, she's Mm -hmm. like, Catherine, you got to get on TikTok. And I was all, oh my gosh, 
I got no time for this. You know, she's like, just get on it. And so she, you know, she, she was in her, um, she just graduated from college. She was in like, I don't know, 23 or something. And mm-hmm. just, she had these really spectacular right on the, the nose ideas. And I right. was like, and so, so we can learn from our elders. We can learn from the younger generations. But we, the one thing that we all have to be mindful of is we have to be willing to adapt because industry is constantly changing. That's exactly right. Now, to piggyback off of the TikTok thing, you know, I was with Beast Group Management. You know, they were like, oh, you got to do TikTok. Oh, my God. Oh, no. I can't. Oh, my God. I can't stand on those things. I got on it and, you know, did a couple of videos. I have kittens that I put on there and I do my own music stuff. But I, over, during the pandemic, I did a webinar on it. And they were like, you need to do five videos a day. And I'm like, who has that? <laughs> I have a friend. She manages her son. They actually set aside three hours, I think, a day to do just TikTok videos. And he's amassed 30,000 followers because he does that. Now, that's, that's organized. And, you know, I love it. Natalie doesn't have three hours. Natalie <laughs> to do everything that she's trying to do. Yeah, and, and all the opportunities that we have over time have evolved. And like you say, you adapt to everything that's around you. But what people don't seem to understand is that, you know, we have to be on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Twitter, uh, Facebook, all these different pl- platforms. And we have to manage all of this. Um, a lot of the, us do this by ourselves. Um, and it takes a lot of yeah, time and energy. You're, and, and, and on the some, mm-hmm. and some of us have jobs and some of us, you know, we have collaborations and we have to write and then we have to pay for the music that we do and we have to hire musicians or we do it the other way and stuff like that. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a lot of work um, and, and every year something evolves. I'm, I'm a gadget freak. So every time I see a gadget that's for music or or, or iPads or tablets, I'm like, oh my God, I, got, I have to have the latest and best thing because I got to do music night. They have to see me in <laughs> a specific way. Now, what was it about the music industry um, that you gravitated toward it in the sense that you were like, whoa, this is me. This is what I have to do. Ah, uh, um, well, you know, when I was, um, it's actually, when I was a little girl, I used to, I used to like, I had this really vibrant imagination my whole life. And when I was a little girl, I used to like put on these concerts for my dolls and give speeches to my dolls. I just had this really like, my, my room was like my imagination station. And I just, like, I just had this, I just kind of like operated in this whole other realm. Um, but I always felt this like purpose and it wasn't just to, it wasn't just to like sing songs. It was like to write things. I just always felt this, like I needed, like I was going to do something really important. I, right. But I always wanted to sing songs. I always wanted to have an album. I remember, you know, like some of my first albums were like the Go-Go's and Pat Benatar. Right. And I was seeing, I was seeing women I, like my my heroes were doing this, and it made me go. I could well, maybe one day I could do that too, but it wasn't right. something that I was like, you know, wasn't something that my parents put put me into or anything. Like I was kind of, you know, I was behind my brother, so I I did sports and scouting. I kind of did the things that they did, um, and so I actually, when I was, I think I was eighteen or nineteen, I recorded my first demo, and uh, it was horrible. <laughs> it was so bad. Like in hindsight, like come on, Catherine. But um, at that time, you know, you sent in like tapes. I mean, I sound really old, but I kind of, <laughs> like you know, you send in tapes to the labels in Nashville, you know. And um, 
so, but I knew at the time, I just didn't have the confidence at the time. And um, I just had to kind of fulfill these other things in my life. So, you know, fast forward almost three decades, Natalie, where I had this burning desire within me that would like, that would be stronger or dimmer at different times in my life. But ultimately, the truth of the truth is this one thing that I really always wanted to do, I had never actually given it my energy. I'd never given it a shot. Right. And um, it was actually by, um, and it was, it was when I was bringing Catherine the Grape to life. You know, it was about 13 years ago. I kind of just like took the sledgehammer to my life. I got divorced. My company was, my first company was going, you know, kind of tumbleweeding down and I didn't really want to save it. And it was just, I was going through a complete, like my old way of being had to shatter. And Mm. I was open to, I was open to complete, complete transformation. And that's ultimately what's happened. And in that space of, of surrender to whatever was new for me, the little voice inside of me was like, Catherine, like, remember who we are, you know? And so what's happened for me, Natalie, is bringing Catherine the Great to life, this children's book character that, you know, is the first, like, that brought the music to life. It, it activated me bringing little girl Catherine to life in this series mm-hmm. to help children have tools of self-love and social-emotional wellness, like all these things that I needed. I was learning, you know, through going to therapy and going, you know, working with different healers and different modalities. I was right. really like, wow, these things would have been really helpful for me when I was a kid. And so that's why, that's what energizes me to create for Catherine the Grape. So as I was creating Catherine the Grape over the last 13 years, I was also becoming the most authentic Catherine ever. So, and that's when I was working through becoming, you know, I was learning how to songwrite. I was learning how to perform. So the second I actually said, I want to put an album out with my name on it and songs that I wrote and I asked, I asked for guidance. I asked the universe for guidance and poof, I was just like, just like every other time, every other, you know, kind of like all the pebbles on my path. I just trusted, I trusted the guidance. And next thing you know, I, I was started working with somebody who my friend, Rich Wiley, he really helped me learn how to craft a song. And right. so from there, I just started writing and writing and trusting and trusting. So I say that because, um, and now, and now I have seven albums out, and I write for other artists, and I helped a y- wonderful young teenage girl named Michelle Hopkins. She just released her first album, and I produced that album and helped write, you know, wrote those songs with her. And um, and I'm about to have my next Catherine Flowered album coming out. And the, uh, and the only reason I'm saying this is I don't have time to wait. I I I'm okay. not here to create and be a conduit. Yeah, like I just. They, saw, they just come to me. And so once I got on the train of momentum, the momentum mm. keeps going, and I have joy with it. I feel fulfilled. I love it. And so why I share that whole long story is I often hear people ask me, like, how did you do it? How did you know? How, you know? And the truth of the matter is it was just like one decision, one trusting, fully surrendered decision after another, mm-hmm. after another, after another. And and here I am. And um, and the results and the, you know, I don't ever have to have this, like, even on very strategic, 
I'm very strategic and smart, and I'm also scrappy and willing to take risks and willing to fall on my face, right? And so, yeah. so all of that combined together is I'm just having the time of my life of doing what I really love to do, and I'm creating, and bigger opportunities are opening up to me, and most of those opportunities are me, me, me opening the door myself, you know? I think right. a lot of times people want to rely on somebody else, you know, like, discovering them or opening the door for them. But I say, you know, to, to really be the, you know, the, the conductor of your own train, you have to be energizing that train. You have to be making those connections. You have to be willing to get people off your train who are liabilities. And, but you have the power within you as well as the support with the, of the universe for you. You just have to believe in it. And then once you, once you believe it, it manifests, it uncovers. It's always there. You just have to uncover it. So for me, I was a little girl who dreamed of doing everything I'm doing now. And so my dreams just get bigger and bigger, and my vision gets bigger and bigger. Um, and the joy, the experience of joy is just more and more abundant. I love that. Absolutely love that. Now, we're going to play one of your songs, Just Be. Tell us what that's about. Yeah. All right. So that's on my, um, okay. So just be is one of the tracks on the new cast and the grape album. I'm All really right. proud of this album. I released it, uh, during COVID actually towards the end of COVID. We actually, ha- I had this album all written and we had like 90% of the music all recorded before COVID hit and then COVID hit. And then it was like, <laughs> it's like, Yo, Oh, how are we going to do these vocals? You know, like, it was, it was crazy. And so, um, and so anyways, I just got in touch with my, you know, different people I knew. I was like, hey, can you do vocals at home? Hey, can you do vocals at home? And yeah. so I'm really proud because we have, you know, I have six layers, um, six other people sing on this album plus me. So there's layers of vocals. Um, Leonard Patton, who's a really um, spectacular vocalist, artist here in San Diego. Um, he's always, whenever you hear men, uh, male vocalists on my tracks, it's him. But this song okay. is all about, and I worked with Daniel Fritz. Um, to produce it and um, with me and anyways, but what, why this song matters is is it's the concept is just be, just be you. I'll just be me, and together we'll be happy. Mm-hmm. I think so often this very Amen. simple message is so universal because oftentimes, especially even in a relationship, we can just go there for a second. Is oftentimes it's like, but be what I need you to be, and then we'll be right. happy. People are constantly imposing their their needs and their vision or their like, this is the perception I need people to see you as and me as. So, you know, through children's music, I can put, I can drop down some serious wisdom (laughs) in the simple, easy, right? And so that if we could all just be like, I'm happy being me. Like I, I'm only, I'm only responsible for the house in which I live in. And if the house in which I live in, in my body and in my awareness and the energy I'm putting out, it's positive and good and, and integrity, then I'm naturally going to attract that into my life. But I, I, I'm responsible for this. I'm not responsible for managing how you are. So you be happy. I be happy. Together we can be happy. And I think um, that that alone, if we manage our own happiness, our own our own integrity, it would dramatically shift the the way we are on this planet collectively. Yeah. Amen to that. All right. We're going to play it. We'll have a word from our sponsor, and then we'll play it. 
Hi, this is Nikki Chris, and I host a podcast called Mixin' It. Mixin' It focuses on women in the music, entertainment, and the performing arts. Our goal is to provide an avenue for industry veterans and up-and-coming artists, musicians, engineers, and producers to showcase their talent. Listen to Mixin' It on Monday Music Madness at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sim Radio Network. leading an authentic life and authenticity. And I see that word everywhere all the time now um, because, like mm-hmm. I said in the TikTok videos, they were saying how the most the most viewed videos are people that are authentic, people that are doing authentic stuff, people that you can relate to. to. And uh, that also yeah. applies to music. You know, people tend to gravitate. Yeah. Now people are gravitating more to the real, like independent artists, not to say mainstream artists or poop, but it's more or less they like something that they think that they can achieve. They're like, oh, look at this person. They're just like me, or they've gone through this, the same thing that I've gone through. I need to start listening to that particular artist. So I think that's fantastic. Now, tell about tell us about Catherine the Grape. Tell us about this, this new album. 
Awesome. Well, I uh, it's been out for a little while. It's actually doing really well. And, um, you know, I do – my Catherine the Great brand has been around for about 12 years. I had to restart it a few times. Mm-hmm. But it's all independent. I run a – I have – I run an independent media company called Candon Unlimited, and um, it's like I basically call it like it's like it's almost like a it's a housing it's like a house for all of my creative endeavors, and okay. uh, and also working with other other artists that I, I I publish and produce for them. But um, as far as this album, I'm you know it's it's submitted for the uh, Grammys this year in the best children's category, so I'm doing everything. Um, I can to get the word out, and um, and now I am a voting member of the of the Recording Academy, and I'm, you know, I want to be where I want to be part of organizations that are advocating for songwriters and creators. You know, there's nothing worse than you know you create something and somebody comes in and you know tries to swipe it away from you. So I'm learning, you know, I've learned that aspect of the business. I'm very business minded, so um, that's just you know figuring out the business of the music industry. Um, has always been important to me. So, and um, but anyways, for, for Cast on the Grape, um, what why this album matters is um, for children's music. I feel that you know I I want the music to sound like you know I was when I was driving in the car listening to children's music. Um, I wanted to beat along with it, right? And so I, I invest into good music, live band music, layers of music, like the production has to be top notch, you know, the, the layers of vocals matter to me. And so, um, but the message, you know, the, the whole package, the message that you're always going to get from Toss and the Grapes is always going to have some level of that social, emotional, inner well-being magic to it, right? And I think that's what kids need, you know. Some messages that people are putting out messages that are pretty po- political and like our kids who are like five, <laughs> they're thinking about kindness and friendship and, and stuff like that. So I, that's where, that's the lane in which my music is in as far as like goodness, wholesome, unifying collective um, tools. And so um, there's a song on the album called it's, um, it's okay to cry. And it's really had an impact on quite a few boys, which is so important because I'm a boy mom. You know, I, I always see things through my son's lens as well as being an empowered woman. So I want that unity for all. And um, and unity is a big message for me, you know. I want to help create a world that isn't through the lens of one, you know. I want to mm. help empower women, but we help empower women but we're also raising sons. And so we, right. we, we have to empower, we have to empower, be empowered to stand up for ourselves, to be right. strong, courageous, confident, compassionate women, while also showing that and demonstrating that to our sons. Right. And right. so, and then, our, and, and to our, and then we show our nieces and our daughters. And so I think that collectively, you know, what my purpose is in children's music is to, is to show a world in which, I see we live in. So even in my book series, um, there's children who are um, of all ethnicities, all ages, all walks of life. There's children who have prosthetic legs, use walkers, cochlear implant. You know, these are these is, this is our world. And so I want to just shine a light on the everyday world that we live in. So that comes across in the music that I share. And um, I, you know, I, I, I'm happy with it. I'm so happy with everything that's happened with Cast in the Grape because I haven't sold out. I've never sold out. I've, I've stayed true to my vision and what matters to me and the right opportunities are opening up for 
for the brand. And, you know, I don't work with a publicist um, in the in the past, you know. Um, so anyways, the, it's, it's like a wild, wild west this year in the, with the children's category and the Grammys. There's no secret committee this year. So for me, I just want to get my name out there and, and do my best and support my friends who are doing, you know, the same work. And, you know, there's plenty for us to win. And, you know, right. the thing, how I see about the Grammys, Natalie, is this, is um, like, I'm not like an awards, I don't have like awards up in my house or in my office or anything, but right. I see it as like, I'm going to drop this. I see it as like this. Uh, I call it like a map of manifestation. So like mm-hmm. I'm going like I a few years ago I was like that is so cool to get a Grammy right like I just thought it was like really cool like that just is so cool right and so um and then I was like how do you do that <laughs> like, how do you how do you get into that world how how does that happen and so you know I had this kind of like this big goal like that'd be so rad to get there and then. I reduce it down to like, okay, well, how, how do I even get into that game? Well, I have to up my standard. I have to, I have to be doing better and better and better, better music. I have to be, so I'm constantly kind of upping, leveling myself up in my professionalism and what I'm doing. And whether that ever hits or not, no matter what, the, the leveling myself up just creates more opportunities for me to have, um, to experience abundance in other ways, right? Like the, the work is getting better. The opportunities are getting more expansive. And so, and it's fun. As long as it's a fun thing, like it's not like, oh my God, I'm not, it doesn't, it's not attached to anything of my worth. Like it's not like, oh, I'm not worth it if I had right. achieved this crazy, huge goal, right? But it's making me go, I, I can believe that I can level up to that, to that, to that level. And that's what I want for everybody, right? Because oftentimes we, we've surrounded ourselves with people in life, uh, unbeknowing sometimes, people who are like, oh, that's not a good idea. You can't do that, right? There's a lot of negative Nellies who are just like, like toxic in our lives. We don't even realize it, but that narrative comes out, right? And so I want to be like, why not? Why not? think bigger expand more because the bigger you think the bigger you expand your energy to to achieve to achieve for yourself and the achievement is of fulfillment right like I feel fulfilled I feel fulfilled when I go and see kids who listen to my music and love my books like that's fulfilling for me it makes me energized to do more so hey that's (laughs) that's it in a nutshell um, so we're going to play your song, Choosing Kindness. Tell us what that's about. Well, Choosing Kindness is, um, it's really about the choice. Like, I I did a TEDx talk, I think back in, like, 2013, and the topic's called Choice Point Moment. It's really about, we, and I teach that concept in my book series, Choice Point Moment. In every moment, we actually have a choice. Right, we have a choice on how we are to how we what we say, what we think, what mm-hmm. we do, how we respond to things, yeah. and so kindness is the same. I think um, why this song mattered to me to write it was because um, I was seeing a lot of emphasis on like kindness awards and kindness mm-hmm. months, right? But um, but the, I take all that away, and it really comes down to. To, for me to feel good about myself, I want to I want to make the kind gesture. I want to say the kind word, just like I want somebody to. I want to feel that and I want to share that. And ultimately, also about self kindness. You know, we don't talk a lot about self kindness, but even in the four agreements, we learn, you know, be impeccable with your words. 
And that means be impeccable with the words you say to, about yourself, right? So self-kindness. I'm going to say kind words about myself. I'm not going to put myself down. I'm not going to deprecate my body or, you know, and so a lot of, I can't speak for men. I just know a lot of women were like, will often kind of like self-deprecate instead of going like, I want, I want to lift my friends up, you know, men and women. I want to lift people up. I want to say wonderful things about them. I want to say wonderful things about myself. And all that does is elevate, elevate the vibration. So choosing kindness is about helping children realize it's a choice. I have the choice to think mean thoughts. I have the choice to think kind thoughts. And so, I mean, that's where the root of all gossip, isn't it? Like you sit around and everyone's like, oh, it's so, it's innocent. It's not innocent. If you're sitting around racking somebody over the coals, that is, mm-hmm. that's just mean, yucky energy. And right. that karmically will come back to you. So to, to instill in children at an early age that it's not about what's out there, it's about what's in here, right? So those mm-hmm. mindful choices, social, emotional well, wellness starts on the inside. So that's where the concept of choosing kindness came from. I love it. Let's play it. Words can be like swords that hurt our feelings. Words can be like doors that open to understanding.
simply do. The important thing <laughs> is the world is uh uh-uh, the world's kinda getting crazy. Um let's talk about yeah. you wear many hats. Several different hats. Mm-hmm. Know how you do everything, you must have several different arms um, to be able to do everything that you do. Um, so you also um, have a spoken word that you wrote and narrated. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Narrated for Father Joe Carroll. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, that was actually a wonderful project I just I, that published in in April. So that okay. all came to fruition during the. The pandemic. So, in out here in San Diego, um, there's a, and he was known worldwide actually. Father Joe is a man who um, was a Catholic priest who, you know, really dedicated almost four decades of his life to creating solutions for um, people who are experiencing, you know, families and individuals who are experiencing homelessness. And, mm. um, and I wrote his memoir for him. So, um, which is like, you know, bio- I wrote it in his voice. And I spent two years of my life in service to creating this. Now, let me just tell you how this all weaves together, Natalie, because it's like you cannot make this up in, in the divine creation of life. <laughs> like, so Father Doe, I've known him my whole life. Okay. Um, my par- I was raised Catholic. But my parents, like, he, he, um, he, he was our parish priest when I was um, a young, when I was born. And then my mom worked for him at this when he first started working in service to um, help homeless neighbors in need, they started out of this thrift, this thrift store, right? So my mom worked for him. My brothers and my dad were involved in Boy Scouts with him. But he, um, that's where they started out of this thrift store. He grew it to be like an incredible, like this organization um, created an abundant amount of housing and um, compassionate empowerment solutions and services for people to help themselves and have compassionate relief to get, you know, out of um, relief from homelessness and poverty. But he started it from just this one building, which is a thrift store. And while we were there, my mom bought this purple sweatsuit outfit for me at the thrift store one day on her lunch break. As it turns out, all the, and that was an outfit I wore all the time. That a softball coach nicknamed me Catherine the Great because I wore this purple outfit all the time. Okay, so I was a little, I was like in, you know, I was like ten or whatever. I got this outfit when I was eleven. My softball coach nicknamed me Catherine the Great. Right. Fast forward decades of my life, and I, um, Father Joe came and spoke at my dad's celebration of life when my dad died. And a few years later, I was at an event with my mom, and I was telling him about, you know, he asked me what I do, and I told him that I, you know, I, I write and publish books and music, and I told him all about, like, how this outfit that my mom got for me at the thrift store right. is now this illustrated character that helps children um, feel good about themselves. So I said, you know, Father Joe, you built all of this with your vision. I said, but somewhere in that, too, like, you imprinted this whole, this whole creative journey of mine too on some yeah. level and so he just sat there and heard that and he's like Catherine I have a book I want you to write and then Uh-oh. he just asked me to write a book and and uh and next thing you know um he and I spent you know he wanted he wanted stories of good priests to be told he's like Catherine you know there are good priests doing good things and all you ever hear about are priests not doing good things and right. there are there are 
good priests doing good stuff. And I said, I, I understand that actually. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. And so, um, and so we wrote, you know, his book. And, um, and so anyways, did this whole project as a Catherine the Great book, as a Catherine the Great song. So he's a children's, there's a children's illustrated book, but then also Father Joe Life Stories of a Hospital Priest. It's really his memoir. It's this kind of like storytelling book. And then in that process, Natalie, um, like it was focused on the book, which is also an ebook. And then I was like, why don't we do it? It was like the ninth hour of the project, you know, or the 11th hour, I should say. And I said, I think we should do it as an ebook too, you know? Yeah. And I said to him, I said, and so, an, an e-book, an audio book, sorry. And so, um, but he couldn't read the book uh, himself because his eyesight was failing. And so I narrated the book, but he came into the studio to, um, to do some parts of it. And so that's also submitted in the Grammy category for a spoken word. So, um, and he passed away uh, oh. two months ago in July. So he got to experience, the book came out on his 80th birthday, which was like, he was so excited. Yeah, I was so excited because I did what he asked me to do, and then he got to have a few months of promotion and just hearing people's feedback. And you know, it's his author; it's his only authorized biography, and he was just so proud of it. And I'm proud that I was able to do what he asked me to do. And and so, um, so anyways, we released the audio, the audible version of the book, and that's a category in the Grammys. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to put that on there and see and. We're going to see how we can go. You know, here's a man who had tremendous impact. He, and his book isn't just about, you know, his life. It's about his mindset. You know, a lot of times people are like, they see you on the end. Like, they don't know what, what your crime was. They don't know your, your thinking of how you built something. How, what was going on in your brain to go, I could do that. And that's what, where the heart of the human being is. And that's what the story is. And so or this book. So, you know, he entrusted me to carry on the torch and I'm doing that. And I feel very supported, you know, um, by him still in his angel realm. And um, so anyways, when you said I wear a lot of hats, it's like, I, I really, it's all connected, Natalie, like to the creative world. I'm a storyteller. I want to tell stories. You know, I want to tell stories that, that impact people's lives, that impact hearts, right? Like I'm not imposing I'm not imposing like a belief on you. I'm just actually helping people go think about it. This is something to think about. This is something to think about. And if you care about the subject that I sing about, write about, you know, um, Mm -hmm. you're, you know, but I I do believe that it's important that we have women in these independent media markets, like what you, what your show is. Right. Um, There's women, you know, I do everything independently. I do that because, because, if you're not, if, if you're, whoever owns controls, <laughs> the bottom line. So, so if uh, a lot of times people want to control and own and, and if, if it doesn't go somewhere, they kick you out, right? Lots of people get signed to labels and if the, and they give you an, you know, if you're, if your music doesn't go anywhere, you're out and they own your music. Like you wrote it, you created it, but they get to own it. Right. So for me, leverage, I don't want other people, unless it's a a win-win, unless there's like a, it's a mutually beneficial contract, I'm not going to give up ownership, you know, for something I created. Amen to that. I agree with you 100%. Now, what is, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, you were going to continue? Go ahead. I can always continue. (laughs) (laughs) 
I was just going to say, um, I, I think especially right now, I was just going to get on my soapbox for a moment. <laughs> but I think especially now, Natalie, it's so important that we have, you know, even me, I'm a, I live in the brave world. Like, I live, I do really brave stuff on the regular, right? Like, some of my friends are like, Catherine, you just, like, put yourself out there, like, all the time. And, like, it's so brave. But I'm just, like, used to it now. But it's not as if, like, I'm actually – it takes a lot of courage for me to do what I do, but I also, it takes, it takes more, it would drain my soul to not, right? It's like, I, okay. even this last weekend, Natalie, I had this day that Saturday, I woke up super early and I felt heavy. My heart felt heavy. I was a little weepy all day and I was like, what's going on with me? Like, why, what's going on with me? And the truth is, is I just was like, damn, I'm standing at a choice point moment right now. Like it's time to really, really untether myself and I'm, I'm, uh, that take the sheep off and just help, you know, help shine a light in the places that we need to really shine a light and mindset. And I'm willing to do that. And because I run an independent media platform, because I do it like this, you know, I've had plenty of times where people try and control me and it's like, nope, you can't, you know, like you can't, you don't get to define who I am. You don't get to own my project unless that's our agreement from the get go. Right. And so if I'm working for you, but I'm saying this because I think a lot of women, a lot of women, I'm not speaking, I'm speaking for women. I think a lot of women hold a lot in and we take a lot and, and then we have this like complete combustion eventually. Right. And so what I'm trying to, I'm like, we have this collective need to not just empower women in America. That's coming Mm -hmm. from our American, you know, our American wealth, you know, uh, and I mean, America is a rich country. I've traveled all over the world. Like, we need to have a global, a global desire to help elevate women as an, all, all over, so that our daughters can see that, so our sons see that. It's it's imperative that we raise up our voices and put stories out that women write. Women need to be in every single room that decisions are being made. Our, you know, and that's been said. But also, not just that, like not just in the room, we need to be, we need to be leading those rooms, right? We need to be leading. We need to be at the helm. It needs to be women's voices, writing books, women's voices, writing songs, you know, like Shonda Rhimes is rad. She's written all these TV shows, right? So we're getting the narrative from a woman's point of view. You can like, it's so important. So activate the artistry in each and every one of us, whether that's poetry, whether that's cooking, you know, whatever that artistry is in you, mine just happens to be, written word and that comes out in music or stories, right? But that we activate that within ourselves because we need to normalize women's voices being not just like the fourth song heard on the country rotation, like, oh, we're going to play five guys and then one chick and then five more guys, you know, like that's how they see it, right? If you listen to rotations of music, that is how it is, right? And so we, it, it needs to be more than norm, more than norm, not the like, oh, we're just going to slide a female's voice in here, you know? No. And so we need it to be more normal. And the only way we do that is by producing, 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 getting stuff out there. And so shows like yours help with that, Natalie. Like, it, like chatting with Nat is helpful <laughs> because you're shining a light. You're giving women a platform that allows, um, that allows to activate other people and go like, I could do that too. Wow, what am I wanting to manifest? It allows us to drop some seeds of goodness into each other's lives. And so I'm grateful for this opportunity to do something, my part today. <laughs> and you're, you're definitely doing it. Um, what is 
the the quote or message that you live by on a day-to-day business if you do? Hmm. That's an, well, I, um, I'm literally staring at these, like, taped stains up <laughs> in front of me. But I honestly, I don't think it's a quote that I live by. It's more about, like, a feeling. Like, I constantly, my greatest tool in my treasure box for life is trusting my trusting my divine knowing like I mm-hmm. trust my intuition more than anything I used to be some before I really activated that and turned that on and trusted that you know I used years ago I would like seek out opinion from a lot of people I do not do that anymore I do seek out wisdom from people that I respect that I'm like do you have any like what do you think about this I might bounce ideas off of people who who I really 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 respect you know and that I need their wisdom whether it's in business or spiritual matters but honestly, I just say trust with everything. Like, I just trust. I trust the guidance. I don't have angst about things. Um, but I, what I would love for people, you know, I, I would, what's going on with me lately, and this is in one of my songs, I'll just say it is like, trust the feel good flow, right? Like, life is supposed to feel good, right? So oftentimes we find ourselves in, um, in conflict with ourselves because we're not in the feel good flow. And what I mean by that is, like what's what's meant to manifest is not necessarily it's always going to be super super easy, but it flows. It's like a like the universe will constantly provide us with the 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 pebbles on our path. We just have to right. we just have to be in motion, right? We have to be in motion of trusting. We have to be in motion and believing, and so follow the feel good flow. Don't worry, just let it go. And so for me, if it doesn't if it, if I'm not feeling that flow of feel good you know feeling, like if I'm going mm, this isn't where I want to be. Or I don't. Right. This doesn't feel good to be around these people. These people are talking some serious, negative, toxic stuff. I'm out. See ya. This isn't. This isn't where I'm going to be. And so I keep a very. My life. My life is very quiet. My. I, it's not crowded. I have a very quiet, uncrowded life, and that allows me to really nurture my creativity. So I think a lot of times people are in that space of I. I need to do this. I should do this. And I say, get rid of all of that. Just follow what your inner calling is. Your inner feel good flow. Amen. Amen. And I love that. I 100% got to be true to who you are. Keep doing your thing. Don't listen to negative people. Got to trust your instincts. Well, Catherine, it's been wonderful having you on Chatting with Nat. I can't believe the 45 minutes is up. Um, yeah, I learned a lot more about you, and I think you're amazing. I think everybody <laughs> go out there and listen to your music and, and, and everything that you do. Um, you're, you're on <laughs> And you know, congratulations. Hey, I didn't tell you a lot of my friends call me cat. So I like cat and chat just got cat and that just got a chat. I love it. All right. Well you've been amazing. I love I love your energy. I love your spirit. Um it's full of positivity and, and I'm in gratitude we- to you. Thank you so much for this. And I'm gonna send some more women your way if you're okay with that. Yeah. I know some other women yeah. who are amazing creators and they you know, it's just important for us to amplify, you know, uh, voices of female creators. It's so important right now. And not just right now. It's just important to just amplify and continue that. Amen to that. Um, yeah, definitely send anyone you want my way. I'd love to have them on the show. I love to learn about new pe- uh, new people um, and get them on my list. So thank you so awesome. much. Everybody should find you on uh, Catherine the Great 
Facebook.com. She's on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, or just Google. That's what I tell people. Just Google. Um, so this was award-winning author, multi-genre, singer-songwriter, media producer, Catherine Powered on Chatting with Nat. Until next time. <laughs> Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.